We are here today because we want you to understand and hear the truth. Sexism, the prejudice, stereotyping, or discrimination typically against women on the basis of sex. Misogyny, the dislike of, contempt for, or or ingrained prejudice against women. Toxic masculinity, a set of attitudes and ways of behaving stereotypically associated with or expected of men. All of these things are strong but often subtle parts of today's society that cause sexist norms to prevail. Now let's begin. As a woman, I have encountered the effects of societal norms being placed on me, particularly when it comes to things that I cannot control. Society often downplays the effects of menstruation, which gives males the space to judge and make comments. I have had males make comments about how cramps aren't that bad, which has ultimately made me feel as if the pain that I go through is not a valid experience. Now I'd like to ask the youth, what societal gender norms and standards have you experienced in your life? I have seen that many work involving manual labor is focused only around men and not around women. Since childhood, I feel as though, whether it be at home or school, I and other males are expected to be strong, aggressive, and bold. For example, growing up, I always felt that I could never tell anyone when I felt shy or nervous out of fear of being ridiculed by my peers or adults. I believe that many men carry this feeling throughout the rest of their lives. Girls are taught to accept inappropriate behavior all their lives. In elementary school, when we're forced to grow up faster than the boys because, oh, just boys immature slower than girls, or in middle school, when you know, a boy is picking on you. Oh, it's probably just because he has a crush on you. You know, boys will be boys. And this is just perpetuated throughout our whole lives. And then you get to adulthood and then a woman is raped and it's written off like, oh, boys will be boys. You know, he was just a guy doing guy things. Like, where does it stop? It's just a toxic part of society that we're taught as children and it just stays with us. An example that I have seen in uh, society is, um, how um, the, the father of the family is um, supposed to be having a job and working while um, not to be a stay-at-home dad. And also on how um, a man has to be brave and bold and not express his emotions to people. As someone who was assigned female at birth but identifies as non-binary, society has uh, given me uh, the societal experience of being a woman. And um, I have experienced the expectation not to be emotional or overly loud or even advocate for myself. And I think this is pretty prominent with my interactions with my brother. Whenever he starts to bother me or start to annoy me and I tell him to stop and I set my boundaries, he calls me bossy. And he's the only person who's ever called me that. So I have to rack it up to him expecting me to put, to put up with his behavior instead of actually speaking up for myself. I personally feel like this part of society, the sexism, is very reflective in male gaze and when women and girls are basically just told from childhood to adulthood that they have to be more submissive, they have to act certain ways because if you don't then you'll never find a husband and that type of conversation always makes it feel like you're living for the satisfaction of a completely different group of people instead of living for yourself and that's something that's perpetuated in different communities and different households and I definitely experienced it in my own. Growing up I have been taught measures to protect myself from men who wish to do me harm. This is something I have looked into more recently as I attend to um, I intend to attend college in the fall. I've seen posts and watched videos of 
new tactics predators are using to take women for trafficking. And on the other side, women sharing precautions to combat this. Now let's ask the youth, what safety precautions have you taken or have you seen women take to protect themselves? Um, an example of a safety precaution that I've seen women um, take is they usually either they carry uh, pepper spray or uh, usually have their keys in their hand. And also if they're outside um, at night, it's dark. They usually um, tend to stay in a group rather than walk alone. Um, I've personally been taught several things like um, if you are being followed in a suspicious area, hold your keys between your fingers in a way so that you can hurt the person who's following you. Um, pepper spray is obviously a very big thing with social media when people are trying to teach other people. They'll tell you don't look underneath, like don't go into your car without looking underneath because they can slit your ankles and make, make you unable to move. Or like if you see money on your windshield, don't go to grab it because that's another way that they're going to try to immobilize you to like traffic you. There are like so many things that women have to learn and get used to like this type of conversation around safety that most people aren't aware of. I have heard that women have to often try to avoid dimly lit areas and move towards areas that have better, more street lights to avoid getting assaulted. I'm a rather short, short person, so um, at times I do feel vulnerable in uh, public because I feel like someone could just pick me up and off I go. <laughs> um, but I've been fortunate enough not to be alone in public places because normally my brother accompanies me, but um, I've seen other women have to take precautions and like... Um, just completely reroute where they're going, whether they're walking, running, or driving, just to feel like they're safe. I've seen women have to change the way they conduct themselves in public to not escalate situations with dangerous men. Often women have to be like overly friendly in their response to cow calling or harassment because of fear. Pretending to be on their phone is one tactic that I've seen what many women use to discourage potential attacks. I remember one time I was on a um, weekend school trip in Boston and I was out to dinner with one of my guy friends and we were walking back to the hotel around 9 p.m. And as we're walking down the street, we're about to pass by this group of uh, rowdy drunk men. You know how Boston is at 9 p.m. at night. And I saw several of them kind of giving me the up and down look. So I just instinctively I grabbed onto my guy friend's arm and I just held on as tight as I could and I started like fake flirting with him as if he was my boyfriend because I thought if they thought I was out with my boyfriend they wouldn't cat call me but I was still terrified that one of them was going to grab me my friend had no idea what was going on and I had to explain to him once we got back to the hotel like hey I did that so that I wouldn't get kidnapped and raped you know like and he didn't even register these men as a threat until I told him like hey this is like that was a legitimately terrifying event that I just went through. Forms of media um, being the dictator of our society these days has allowed for the perpetuation of sexist concepts. Specifically in the depiction of men and women, we see the traditional norms carried out which put men as the aggressor as opposed to women. Now let's ask the youth. How have you seen or experienced institutions or social media perpetuate sexist concepts? Uh, from what I have seen on social media, it uh, tends to shape and uh, influence uh, precipitations and um, establish a vast amount of stereotypes that are said by either people on social media or an institution or a business. One thing that I think is a really subtle piece of sexism is what's called the pink tax. Um, which is where products marketed towards women um, will be different costs based on their target audience. You could have, for example, two of the same size shampoos, same brand and everything, but the one that 
has a pink bottle with cursive and is lavender scented will be twice the price of the one marketed towards men. Uh, same thing with clothing, men's like t-shirts on average are generally a lot more durable, higher quality, but will be half the cost. Um, menstrual products marked up an insane amount. The average tampon costs about 20 cents to make, but a box of 36 goes for about $10. And that doesn't even include the tax classifying menstrual products as luxury items, which is a whole other level of ridiculousness. That's about a 39% profit per box of tampons for a thing that we have no choice but to buy. Social media and institutions like the fashion industry perpetuate unattainable beauty standards for women. In a media-driven society we live in today, we see people on our phone so often that we begin to compare ourselves to these images. This could lead to insecurity and depression for anyone, but it seems to be affecting young women the most and cause them to use unhealthy methods to lose weight and change the color of their skin. Um, so I'm going to speak specifically about laws. Um, recently, the Minnesota law that basically says that if a woman has drank before she gets raped, then it's not legally considered rape, which if you went to any sex ed class in any period of time, actually just this period of time, you'd probably know that that's considered date rape. But I feel like it's really interesting that these laws are coming out like very recently in 2021 that are continuously just driving this narrative that it's the woman's fault if she's raped or if it's it's the way she's dressing or it's the actions she's taken beforehand when several studies have shown that it doesn't matter what you're wearing. You could be wearing hoodie like a hoodie. You could be wearing sweatpants. It literally doesn't matter. It's purely the rapist's fault. Nothing to do with the woman. But when these laws come out, it continues to invalidate these women's experiences and continues to perpetuate the standard of what rape is in America. I've um, witnessed institutions perpetuate these concepts by not taking complaints of hostile work environments seriously at all. I've seen institutions such as the American government perpetuate sexist concepts throughout all of our history. I mean, we learn about um, how women got the right to vote, never mind women of color, for far after you know men had the right to vote um and i think this pattern has continued throughout our years of history i mean we've taken big strides to achieve equality but there are still things like um the draft which is only mandatory for mandatory for men or abortion laws or um laws for 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 rapists um this goes all the way to what michelle mentioned the pink tax and every little thing that has to do with bringing down women particularly or even men in some cases now that we've gotten answers to all of these questions we have time for an open forum discussion um so i guess i'll just start so one thing that i've always found really interesting is specifically in schools how the threshold of like sexual assault so like men i mean not men but i guess students uh children just in high school generally like they can do basically anything to a girl and it's just considered flirting they can slap their butt they can grope their boob they can do a, a variety of things that in literally workplaces that would be considered sexual assault but when it's done in schools it's just like oh you know you know i'm just i'm just flirting with you which is so frustrating because i can personally say like when you report these things to teachers and administrators, because it's so normalized within the school, you're the one who's looked at weird. And although this might just be experiences within the different schools I've been in, I'm very sure that this happens in other school systems as well, because it's honestly the administrators and the teachers' responsibility to validate these uh, these girls' claims. I mean, it's not even the, the lack of accountability that's that's everything. There's also the fact that some schools have dress codes specifically for girls, whether that be where you, we can't. 
As someone who goes to a private school, the thing about dress code once you get to a place where skirts are the norm is that um, I've had like, like it was a thing where male teachers would like straight up like check to see, oh, what's the length between your knee and the edge of your skirt? And like, that's just a really weird and uncomfortable thing to happen. Or we have what's called like business casual days where the rules for the dress code change for boys on special occasions, but they don't change for girls. So it's like, oh, like boys, you don't have to wear a collared shirt or you don't have to wear like cargo pants. Our dress code doesn't change on those kinds of days. It's just, it's so much harder. And then I hear guys complain, well, oh, like girls have much more variety with their clothing and girls have a lot more freedom to mix it up a little bit. And all of that is true, but I would rather have like, you know, clothing that is not sexually revealing than clothing that like is, you know, fashionable or whatever. Michelle, does your school give you the option to wear uh, pants instead of skirts? We do have that option, but also the thing with um, women's dress pants is like they don't have pockets. We can't have pockets in the back. Like even like and the guys' dress pants can wear pockets, but we we can't have pockets in our pants. It's it's so dumb. I wholeheartedly agree with you. And also something that's very interesting about like just the whole idea that like somebody's shoulders being exposed is somehow going to seduce someone like I've never understood that I don't think any girl in any school system or even the guys really understand that because it's obvious that the reason is not necessarily like actually because it's going to do something but rather because they could that even in it of in itself kind of shows that like they think that what the woman is wearing is going to change the actions of the people who are going to disrespect that person like to an extent maybe but shoulders, I promise you, it's not going to be that serious. Tight pants, it's not that serious. Like, there are things that I wish that people understood that you should first teach men how to be respectful before you teach women how to dress in a way that will garter them respect in today's society. Because that doesn't work 75% of the time anyway. Even if you do wear things that don't show cleavage or that aren't too tight, there are times when women will be disrespected anyways. So I wish that that would, that would change. Yeah, I would even argue that the rules that the schools um, put forward um, make the situation worse. Because I recall a time where I came to school showing my shoulders. And the main thing that was being said was that, oh, administration is going to catch you. Um, and not the fact that, hey, I was like showing shoulders and so now you're distracted. But the fact that there was a rule about it and that administration would come after me and pro possibly like, um, you know, punish me for wearing a shirt like that. Um, and I've also seen this with like ripped jeans, like my school like would say, oh, if you're showing any skin within the ripped jeans, you're going to have to change out of them, which doesn't really make sense because ripped jeans are ripped. Therefore, skin is most likely going to show. Um, but typically for like males, like their pants are looser. So like you won't be able to really see the skin. Whereas like us females wear skinny jeans. So when we're wearing ripped skinny jeans, the skin is obviously going to show. It's even like bigger than dress code in schools, like in like, you know, middle school health class. I remember um, during the sex ed unit, we, um, were all, we, we were split up into different rooms to have the talk um, because that's just what schools do. And I 
like know for a fact that the same day that girls were learning like the the girls were taught about like consent we had a whole day on like consenting to sex and blah 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 perfectly good the guys were not given that lesson they they didn't have a consent talk in the health class they went and played kickball like if we don't teach consent at that young of an age how on earth are grown men supposed to understand how consent works and how like the proper way to you know not rape someone like come on i agree um when in my middle school when they did this and i i got the talk when i was like in sixth grade the boys had a movie day and we had a day about what rape is like that like there those are completely different things and not only does that reflect the priorities of the school at the time but it also reflects the fact that they honestly thought that it was the girl it's the girl's responsibility to know that information and not the guys like there aren't two people in the process and one of them is the assailant like the person who's doing the rape is usually not the woman um so that talk needs to happen with everyone but also I think it's really interesting because I remember when we got out of class all the girls were like a little traumatized because you know you're in sixth grade you don't really want to hear that type of stuff but you need to know it right but but the guys didn't they didn't have to hear it at all like they didn't have to hear it and that also speaks to the fact that the maturity they expect women to be so mature at such a young age to carry themselves with such like a sense of identity because they think that's how you become a respectful young lady or whatever but men don't have to get to that point until way older so we've been talking a lot about how our schools kind of fail us in all of these different ways, but I think this speaks volumes because it's not just the schools who enforce this sort of thinking, but it's just our society. These are things that have been ingrained within our culture for years, and I think it shows proof that we're still trying to to fix these kinds of things. Um, my school used to have blue and white graduation gowns. The, the woman would wear white and the men would wear blue. And once we got a new principal a few years ago, that was one of the first things that he addressed. He, he tore it down. He, he said, nope, everybody's wearing blue. Nobody's going to be separated. And he got a lot of backlash for that, but he stuck with what he was thinking. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to show solidarity. We're not going to, uh, influence these gender norms that have been in our school ever since we were a school so um i think it just really shows that this kind of kind of stuff is just ingrained in our society um just to add on to that like i was having a conversation with my co-workers about this and i'm lucky to be in a workplace that's like everybody there is like a woman um so we actually had a conversation about that because a lot of workplaces are dominated by men and so a lot one of the main things that you get used to once you go into adulthood or whatever when you go to a workplace is that you're going to be surrounded by men a lot of the time and that's something that like my family when they first were considering even putting me allowing me to do a job that they considered because they were in fear for my safety and it's a privilege, but at the same time, it shouldn't be a privilege. You should be comfortable regardless, but we're not because we don't feel safe. We don't feel comfortable, et cetera. And some companies don't even take women's claims seriously, especially when it comes to like corporations. So that is something that I think a lot of women have experienced and will continue to experience in the workforce. righty, and now to conclude, Sexism is still a prevalent issue in today's society. Only by addressing these problems through education and understanding can we change things for the better. Thank you. Thank you.